You're listening to Season 1, Episode 1 of the English Speak Easy Podcast, a podcast to help you practice your conversational English listening and speaking skills. I'm Michael. I'm an English teacher, podcaster, and the co-founder of Lang Club, a social English community where people from all around the world gather to practice their English conversation. Visit langclub.live for more information. Hello, everyone. I'm Clara Thea. I'm an English teacher, journalist, and podcaster. I'm doomed to keep learning all my life. <laughs> As a bilingual person, my mom is British and my dad's Italian, I've started my podcast, The British Whisperer, a pod talk about the right news for English learners in Italy to help them dissecting the latest news and stories from international newspapers. The English Speak Easy podcast is a podcast where you can listen to real English conversations about a weekly topic in order to improve your listening and speaking skills. But first, before we get into that, how's your week been? Is there anything interesting going on with you this week? Yeah, my week has been great. Thank you. Um, it's a bank holiday tomorrow here in Italy where I'm based. Excellent. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everyone is, uh, you know, just in a festive mood and there, are, there is a lot of people, you know, just around and, and so on. So it's, it's very nice. The weather is good and uh, spring has sprung a lot. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so it looks good. And what about you? Well, I'm sorry to say the weather is not good here. I'm in Thailand and right now is the hottest part of the year. We've just oh. come out of a holiday called Songkran, which is the traditional Thai New Year. And it's celebrated at the hottest part of the year. So um, it's pretty miserable outside right now. So I'm trying to stay indoors in the air conditioning as much as possible. But other than that, all is going well. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Hope the weather will be better soon. I hope there. so. <laughs> Before we play the conversation, let's go over some of the vocabulary and expressions that you guys are going to hear us use. To vet. To check or examine a source carefully for accuracy and reliability before using or sharing its information. Ubiquitous, present or found everywhere, very common or widespread. Media literacy, the skill of understanding, analyzing, and evaluating different forms of media to make informed decisions. Unilateral, done by one person or group without the agreement or cooperation of others involved. To diffuse, to spread something, such as information or knowledge, widely. Primary sources, original documents, recordings, or other material that provides first-hand information or evidence about a topic or event. In dire straits, in a very difficult or dangerous situation, often with serious problems or risks. Pandora's box, a situation that, once started, can lead to many unexpected problems. Scoop, a piece of news or information that is discovered and reported by a journalist before anyone else. You can review these vocabulary words and phrases on our website. Click the link in the show notes to view the article that we wrote up about this episode. And now, on to the conversation. Well, let's get started with our conversation. This week's discussion topic is, how do you stay informed? And... To start out, let's just start with that question first. How do you stay informed? How do you keep up with the news? I mean, you're involved in the news as well. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. So how do you stay informed? Well, basically, um, I'm really uh, news addicted. I, can, mm -hmm. I have to call 
that's that. You know, just so as I wake up in the morning, I immediately check on the news, um, on the various um, newspapers I have a subscription with. So, for example, I have the New York Times, I have the Wall Street Journal, I have uh, Telegraph, um, of course, UK News or so Financial Times, uh, the you know, just BBC News, Sky News. So, I'm, you know, when I'm doing breakfast, it's really my first, um, you know, just access with the news and just checking, you know, what what what's happened during the night, if there's some breaking news, if there's something going on. And then, uh, of course, I check the local news uh, from where I'm based because, um, yeah, I also have to cover uh, basically, you know, just what, what is happening here in Italy and in my town, if there's something going on. So that's what I do early morning. And uh, um, yeah, so that's, um, that's how I get the news. And what about you, Michael? How do you get the news? Well, very similarly to you, the first thing I do when I wake up is check. You know, I log online, I check uh, various newspapers, uh, my own home newspaper from back home, um, things like the New York Times, of course. But here in Thailand, I do check the Bangkok Post. That's our big English language newspaper. Uh, I can check that online and uh, usually find decent information about what's going on there. And I do think that's it's important to stay informed. It is harder for me to find information about what's happening in Thailand because outside of the Bangkok Post and a few independent newspapers, there's just not all that much. But I do try my best to stay informed. And uh, when I first arrived here, I found it very hard to figure out what was going on. And there was really no good English language television channel that was sharing the news. Fortunately, we did have um, access to NHK, the Japanese news channel. And they had a reporter based in Bangkok and they would do a Thai segment from time to time. So I was able to keep up with that. But um, other than that, it's the standard uh, newspapers like the New York Times, uh, the Washington Post with the Dallas Morning News back home that I do check from time to time to see what's going on. I mean, it's interesting always to be up to date, in my opinion. I mean, is, not yeah. to be connected from the world. I mean, I'm an addicted because of my job and... I really love of course. to hear, you know, to hear what's happening. I always also tune in on the radio um, during the day if I'm on the move, for example. Also, you know, using the apps. Uh, um, there is, for example, Times Radio. You can listen to it on an app, and and it's really it's really good for me. But I mean, from 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 normal people, I would say that are not working in the news. I think it's important to uh, to know what's happening around them. So yeah, and also to you know maybe see different point of view and uh, get the news maybe from uh, you know just uh, more sources which is probably uh, you know what what your experience for example it's curious I mean it's curious because probably um, the same here in Italy I would say you know just that they're, they're not uh, apart from the uh, answer which is ansa dot um, it which is the it's a sort of a news in that that gives the, the the news also to other newspapers. They have a section in English, but apart from that, anybody who is not speaking Italian and wants to read, uh, you know, learn or news here, they they really are, you know, just uh, cut uh, off because every everything is Italian. So right. um, I would say there is no newspaper that is covering, uh, I would say, uh, in anything in English. Uh, 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 aside from these answer service that does you know pick up some of the news of the day and and probably from some you know just foreign people visiting and for you know just uh, also second language speakers who are trying to learn the language when they're here 
it, it's quite it's quite a challenge. So uh, that's why probably people are, are turning on social media. What do you think? Yes, I think absolutely. And I was going to mention that as well. I think that nowadays social media is a great way to receive news from your local area, especially if you don't speak the language. You know, it's I find it it's very easy for me to not stay up to date with the news because I am so removed from my home country. I'm 9,000 miles away in 12 time zones, and I don't speak the language well enough here to really follow deep news or complicated news. I can speak some Thai, but social media is very helpful. Um, and I do get a lot of my news from social media. Some of my friends here in Thailand will repost articles, and um, and I do follow some Thai journalists and news sources. But I think that it is harder sometimes to be able to rely on some of the information that you can get on social media as well. So how can you make sure that the news that you get from social media is reliable? Because obviously something like the Associated Press or Reuters, they're going to be vetting their sources and citing their information. And you can look those up, look up those primary sources. But how can you trust um, certain social media or how do you know which sources are reliable and trustworthy? Yeah, I mean, this this is the key, I think. This is the key problem, um, especially if you use some social media platforms who are very, you know, just, uh, I would say, ubiquitous for everyone, right. such as Facebook, uh, that has uh, tried to to really tackle the problem of social media, um, you know, just by, by, by putting an algorithm that is checking the news and also asking people to report fake news that are, you know, just been publishing on on the on the social, but uh, actually we are far from being completely unbiased from from fake news, especially on 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 Facebook. I would say that maybe a more reliable source could be Twitter, uh, even if you know there are still you know just some uh, uh, and, and and you know occasions where you can get some fake news also there. But if you follow the journalists, as you said, if you follow some. You know, just uh, uh, news um, uh, accounts. If you follow some newspapers online on 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 Twitter and some journalists, you will get probably the right news uh, and uh, be sure that what they say is not fake. Um, one thing that I always remind to to any uh, body is to check where the news is coming from. So if you a news or Twitter on Facebook or wherever, just check the website that has spread the news because most of the times these these links are you know all corrupted or are not working or they have like strange images. Oh, uh, right. They have something that you feel that is not really going on well. Have you ever have you ever seen anything like that? I have. I have seen things like that. And you know it it sort of is a bit dismaying sometimes when I have a friend or a family member back home who posts some news, people that I, you know, definitely do respect and look up to. And then it seems like they've gotten fooled by some of these fake news sites. I've definitely seen that. I do know what you're talking about. I think it's really important just to verify your sites and to use some critical thinking and just have some media literacy when you're, when yeah. you're looking through that and just try to uh, figure out what is trustworthy, but it's not always easy. Certainly not. I mean, I think everyone's probably been fooled by a fake story at one point or another and I think that's unfortunately the reality nowadays, and that's why it's so important to be able to develop those media literacy skills. And I think also, I mean, um, you know, just uh, trying to stop misinformation by reporting yes. it. If yes. you see something that is fake, um, most of the times where I probably used to be uh, 
um, you know, just uh, maybe tagged by advertisements online, and and then we we know how to do it. We just have to click and report that is that is fake news if it's fake, uh, or if we you know just have a doubt, maybe go to check, and then you know just uh, be sure that what we say or what we retweet or what we share again on on the on our platforms is is, is real, right. I think that is very important, and I do think it's important to get a balance of, as you mentioned, a balance of sources as well. If several different sources are reporting a news story, you can probably trust it a lot better than if it's just one organization sort of making a unilateral announcement. This is what happened. You know, we can we can vet these sources by kind of checking them with with others as well. I think, and that's always good. So whenever I see a really sensational story, I will you know, go to check the BBC or go to check the Washington Post or exactly. Reuters or someone else and just see, has it been verified by other organizations too? Exactly. Uh, by the way, this is what they do. I mean, as a journalist, um, you can't really spread the news unless it's verified, but other two sources at least. Ah, okay. So, yeah, this is quite a rule that I would say all media outlets are using. Um, so if you hear some somebody that is reporting a news, uh, you need to check it uh, at least twice with other sources to be sure uh, that this happening is real before you broadcast about that because you because you might, you know, just uh, diffuse fake news in that. Right. So that's something that needs to be checked. Uh, so that's quite a reliable source of information. And anyway, sources are always, I would say, important. For example, if you hear, you hear something about a company, let's say that has been involved in some kind of scandal or has been done doing something that, I don't know, a new product, maybe it's so strange, uh, just go check in the website. Um, everyone now has a news section, um, press release section as well. Mm -hmm. You can definitely check that and maybe um, uh, kind of investigate yourself. And I think that's something that, you know, going back to that that media literacy, just sort of being aware of these tactics. And I think that's something that, or at least I hope it's something that they're teaching in school nowadays. Um, they were starting to teach things like that when I was in school because of sources like Wikipedia that were starting to come up. And at the time when I was in school, Wikipedia was not as reliable as it is nowadays. I think nowadays it's a much more re reliable source of information. Back then it wasn't as much. So the teachers always told us, you know, check their sources, check their citations. And, you know, and it's just it's the same for news. Check other sources, check other citations and check those direct, you know, those those primary sources of what people are saying. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, um, it's also interesting to understand how the young generation is uh, approaching to this um, you know just experience getting the news because if they are interested in getting the news because maybe many teenagers are not really interested in in, in knowing what is happening sure. um, so they they just get the news from their maybe peers or they just uh, they just rely on what their parents are saying without really checking what is happening online uh but uh i mean um let's say maybe our parents generation used to really get the news from news anchors mm -hmm. um you know hometown newspaper right um yeah i remember my father used to used to have like three or four newspapers because he was also a news addictive even if he was not uh working in the in the field but i mean to get you know just some local newspaper platform a national newspaper maybe to get a different you know just the point of view different right. ideas but nowadays uh to buy a newspaper uh, you would be considered an old person right, you? right 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 <laughs> <laughs> you buy newspapers really 
Still in middle ages, so what? <laughs> I was visiting my family uh, recently, and um, my my grandmother passed away recently, but she had been living with my parents, and they had purchased her a subscription to the Wall Street Journal after she moved in, and they're still getting the, the paper because they I think they bought a one year subscription. So when I was home, I was reading this newspaper, and the first time I've held a physical newspaper in. 10 years, maybe. I mean, it was nice. I kind of enjoyed opening it up and, you know, reading through the articles. But I realized it had been a very long time since I'd actually held a physical newspaper like that. I, I can I can relate. I can relate. You know, when, uh, when I'm in the newsroom and, and I get, you know, just to see that physical newspapers is mm -hmm. always like, right. you know, you feel a quite old fashioned way to get the news. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think it's another way of experiencing the news. So if you read a news, yes. you have the feeling you have time to do it. Otherwise, you just scroll the news on social or on on on, on an app or whatever, because it's a more like um, you know just very very fast food. Uh, I would say instead, if you read a newspaper like our parents used to do, you just sort of relax. As you said, you were at home with your family. You you know just go through the pages and while maybe you are chatting with them, but it's a more like a relaxing environment. It instead, was. Yeah. Now we are all in a rush. We all have to get to the, to this place, to the other place where commuting. And maybe we enjoy, of course, to spend time online. And if it happens, we check the news on, on, on some news outlets. But that's more like, a, I would say, really fast food experience. Yeah. When you're reading the newspaper, I was noticing this when I was reading the Wall Street Journal a few months ago. It was, I was, you know, there were articles in there about things I never would have looked up. But when I'm looking for the social media, it's the breaking news, the big stories or things I'm specifically searching for. So I was getting to know about all these smaller stories from the newspaper because they're all there. You know, you're not specifically choosing what you want to read about. And uh, on this topic, I would say that what do you think would be the future of local newspapers versus mm, national? That's a great question. Yeah, still important. I really like to get the news from, you know, just the, my hometown, UK, and right. uh, also that are here um, uh, in, 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 in Italy uh, from local news. I would say that maybe they cover uh, even um, uh, news better than the other because they have like, of course, you know, the knowledge, they have the awareness because they know better the where they live. And so you can really get a different point of view. But nowadays they struggle a lot because all these big, you know, news media outlets uh, that have, of mm -hmm. course, you know, just other budgets probably. And so I see many of them. Uh, I probably read something about that on um, American newspapers are really struggling. A lot of them are holding are down. Is it true? I would say so, definitely. I would say a lot of those local newspapers are. I mean, we have the big ones, of course. Uh, again, New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, in the Boston Globe. But local newspapers are really disappearing, even for fairly large cities. Even the Dallas Morning News, which is a quite a famous and you know was a very respectable newspaper i think is shrinking now you know and i do find it hard sometimes to find local news i find it hard even in bangkok to find local events and things sometimes i'll read about them after they've passed or i'll see pictures online and i say i never even heard about this i wish there was some and maybe i'm not looking in the right place i might just be missing some things but i do wish that there was some sort of local even a small thing that would tell me about my area and of course maybe bangkok is not the best example because in Thailand, this is the capital city, and so the local news is the national news as well. But yes, um, but even so, I, I feel like I do miss out on a lot of things that are happening, even just events that are happening around me. I just don't know about them until after the fact. 
And I think that's a problem. So the future of local news, I don't know. I know that a lot of a lot of local areas are turning to social media to promote what's going on around them. But I don't know if I have a solution to that. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think that's uh, in the real, uh, real, I would say, um, shame that so many of these small news media outlets are suffering a lot because they don't get enough, enough, you know, just the subscribers. They don't get enough probably advertisers as well, because, of course, everyone goes on to the big ones. Uh, in Italy, here is the same. Um, so um, small, local, like in the town and base, Verona, uh, there are some, you know, just, uh, there, w- there used to be three or four daily newspaper. Now there are just two. And uh, still, you know, just uh, uh, really in dire straits uh, conditions. Uh, so they are trying to survive. And of course, there is a big amount of subscribers there are older generations that won't abandon the, the local newspaper but when these people are dying uh, what will happen to them so uh, i think that the, the probably the future of 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 of, of local uh, newspapers but also of national one would be to um, modernize themselves certainly they have to be able to interact the um uh, more with uh, with uh, subscribers or with uh, you know just readers uh, so providing them services like you said you know just i want to know about what is happening in my local town i want to know more about what, what what's up uh, i want to you know i'm interested in events i'm interested in i don't know um uh, culture so whatever and uh, I noticed that in this, in this, um, uh, say aspect, um, international newspapers, big ones, are, uh, but also UK ones, are I would say more well versed at, uh, um, for example, um, interacting with the with the, uh, with the possible subscriber or with the or, or with the reader because they engage in a lot of things they they also for example have a um a fantastic way uh for you to uh, share the news so if you read an article let's say on the times uh, you have the opportunity to share it um as a as a tweet of course which is i would say the most uh, obvious thing but also as a story and not all the newspapers are um, le- um, letting you do that. Um, so you cannot really um, share a, a post or a news as a story on social media because it's not a feature they allowed. Um, so all these little things that might be interesting because maybe you have a friend that lives nearby and you pop up on, on his Instagram or in Facebook and you see that he has to share the news and maybe it's interesting for you as well. So, I mean, it would be like a service for the community if it's, uh, you know, possible for people to share more um, also, uh, even if, you know, they have a subscription and you are not having it, but at least, you know, to give this possibility. And another thing that the Times do, I'm not, I'm not really not just working for the Times, by the right. way, but, uh, <laughs> is to give an article for free to someone else, which is also something that other news media outlets should copy, in my opinion, because if I want to share something with you, if I, I send you the link, there is a wall, you know, right. so the wall you cannot read it, but you can give give other people, uh, you have a certain amount of articles, I don't know, a month. So that would be a good strategy also for local newspapers, you know, to survive somehow, even if, you know, just the news is shared, maybe someone else would say, okay, but let's do, let's follow the, the this newspaper, let's, let's make it a subscription, then we can benefit all, you know, just in more than one, one person. Right. 
And I, I really like the idea of being able to share the free article with people. You know, that's one thing that I found very frustrating at times uh, when when there's breaking news around me. Uh, a few years ago in Thailand, there was a military coup. And I was here. I had just come back from visiting my family, and I was here, and it was very hard to find out what was going on. And a lot of times I would open an article, and there was a paywall. And it was very frustrating, you know, because I needed to find that information just for my own safety to know what was going on. But it, it was difficult. So I would have really appreciated being able to access some free articles if people had shared them out and sent them to me. But at that time, I couldn't rely on some of these newspapers because, I mean, I suppose I could have paid, but I didn't want to. But I turned to Twitter at that time just to make sure I could follow all the breaking news that was going on. That's what most people do if they have an account, if they are used to use it somehow. You know, I know people that are just using it not to, you know, really tweet anything, but just to follow it. Oh, I I only get on Twitter when there's something big happening, (laughs) like when there is a big (laughs) protest or, again, the military coup here in Thailand, because there are uh, expat journalists who are very good at keeping us informed. And it is a great source for that because it's very, very current. You don't have to wait until the next edition of the newspaper or for someone to type a whole article, a few sentences telling you, here's what's happening. This is the news. This is what's going on. Yeah, I think this is a very good service. And um, I'm talking about, you know, just journalists that you were were mentioning before. My my job and the the job of other million of of journalists, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just everywhere uh, has been, of course, you know, just uh, on the brink of being outdated uh, because... uh, of of course you know just uh, the, the the social media you know to spread out and also the spread of artificial intelligence that oh, we, all right. know, <laughs> we all know is able with these bots or with other you know just the uh, little tricks uh, to produce a news to share news and relay maybe also to even write news because mm-hmm. there've been there've been many newspapers reporting on that and in the many newspapers are actually using to just uh, maybe check some facts or just briefly update, uh, you know, the website. And so the, uh, I would say this this new era uh, of artificial intelligence um, as a tool is somehow jeopardizing, uh, you know, the role of journalists. Um, because if you think that someone, uh, you know, just is doing this job uh, and then can be replaced right away by a computer or by a bot or by an artificial intelligence uh, robot, um, that's something quite creepy. It but is, at the yeah. Same time, it's part of our future. It's part of our idea of being always more relying on artificial intelligence. Well, artificial intelligence, I I do find it equal parts really impressive and a little bit creepy at times, but it's a Pandora's box. It's out there. You know, we're not ever going to put it back. As you said, it's part of the future now, and I think that we just have to find a way to deal with it and to be able to verify um, information. Uh, I know that that's it is a scary thing. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of news in the last few weeks, especially about artificial intelligence, um, stuff that it said that is. That is accurate, stuff that it says that is not accurate. You know, it doesn't have to back up its sources. It can tell you anything. Um, at this point in time, I certainly wouldn't rely on it uh, for, for my news, of course. But I, I do think, and this could be a topic for a future episode as well, just artificial intelligence in general. I do think it's yeah. something that is that next big development, just like social media has been really influencing how we get and consume news. I think that artificial intelligence is going to be that next step as well and is really going to change a lot as well in that in that regard. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, many of the news outlets who have used it, um, of course, you know, just they were using it to, for example, as a fact checker mm -hmm. or um, maybe to, um, you know, just really quickly, uh, for example, check uh, data or numbers that, you know, of course, a, a person would employ hours to do that. So a lot of artificial intelligence uh, is, is, is really a powerful tool in in the ends of journalists uh, mm -hmm. uh, to be you know, just smarter to be quicker to be probably also you know just uh, um maybe more precise when they are when they are checking or when they're writing an article uh, so uh, as a sort of powerful tool to be used i think it's very promising yeah and very useful and on the other side the idea that's uh, um if i read something and i cannot distinguish if it's been written by a bot by a person that would scare me a little bit yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i think that's a really important distinction is it being used as a tool to just you know supplement the work make it faster make it more efficient or is it being used to generate news on its own because i think that's a really important distinction in how it's yeah. how it's being actually implemented yeah, because uh, I would say, you know, just the, the, the future, as I said before, uh, it, it's that. I mean, of course, you know, the more we go on, the more, in, in, you know, just the new technologies would be available, new possibilities and new frontiers uh, of information. But um, uh, in order, I think, for journalists to survive and they have always to be able to, to dig the news, to really give that, I would say, uh, not just a scoop, but in-depth analysis mm -hmm. that certainly a computer cannot do by right. its own. Right. So as a human, uh, as a person, uh, you know, just uh, that is able to um uh report in a certain way critically right yeah critically make an analysis uh yes i tend to to, to like to read opinion uh op articles because i always like to hear what what is uh, you know just the, the side uh yeah. of you know just of a, of a certain uh, topic but also you know just what what are the difficult the difficulties maybe also in achieving in achieving an interview with someone you know some journalists are reporting how they do things uh, so for example yeah big big interview with um, XY and they also share in the article it was hard to get to these people because that's part of the uh, um, their job but also that's part of the fascination uh, of of it and also of, uh, you know, just also letting the reader know that uh, it was not a, a machine doing that. It was right. a real person. So right. I think it's uh, probably good, a good way. Yeah, it's part of the story as well. Some of my favorite sources. I really love reading articles from The New Yorker, for example, this sort of long form oh. journalism. But it's very sort of personal. It's the people telling their stories. It's very story based and and it's very human as well. And I don't think that a computer could replace something like that. Exactly. I agree with you. At least not right now. <laughs> uh, at least not right now. Yeah, we, we don't know really, but we'll see. <laughs> Very good. I think I think with that, we're about out of time for our conversation today. Do you have any last thoughts or anything about this topic before we uh, before we move on here? You know, just just ask our readers how they get the news, how yes. they you know, feel the news will be evolving if they have their AI idea. What is the idea? What would be the news in the future? Will you right. turn on on the computer uh, or will you just check social media? Will you buy still a subscription to a newspaper or do you really think that they are dead <laughs> soon? <laughs> 
And also to our listeners, because I assume most people listening are probably English learners, how do you use the news to practice your English? We'd love to hear about that as well. So if you guys who are listening want to comment on our discussion today or even just ask us questions about learning English, you can send us listener mail at EnglishSpeakeasyPodcast at gmail.com. It's a little bit long, but I'll also put a link in the show notes. So please, yeah, let us know. Give us your commentary on what you guys have to say about how do you get the news and how do you use the news? We would love to hear from you. Absolutely, yes. Uh, please do. English learners, there's really a lot you can do by just listening to, you know, uh, podcasts and conversations like the one I'm having here with Michael. Yes. Uh, this is a great tool for you. Even if you really have the, the feeling that um, you don't send everything, that's not important. Uh, what is important is you expose yourself to the English language as much as possible. And mm -hmm. the same goes for the news. If you like to hear the news, and maybe you can check the, the same news uh, on the BBC, on the Kind news on another news media outlets other than your own language mm -hmm. and check how it sounds and, yes. and and see if you can you know just because you know the topic maybe you have no you you know what they're talking about but it would be a good exercise maybe you know just to check the news in another language yes absolutely i i always tell my students to do that uh, i think it's a great way to practice and stay informed at the same time Thank you, Michael. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, listeners, we will look forward to hearing your questions and comments for next time. And please do join us next time for another conversation here at the English Speak Easy podcast. See you soon.